know how to start this one off. I don't know. <laughs> Hi, welcome back for the next episode of RK Cuties. We're uh, talking about The Last of Us again, episode three. It's going to be very sad and gay. <laughs> <laughs> why did you just describe me? Yeah, why not? <laughs> me too. <laughs> There's something in the water and it's turning well. us sad and gay. <laughs> Should we reintroduce ourselves, like, super briefly? Yeah, we could do that. Okay, hello, I'm Faye. My pronouns are they, them. And that's all you get this week. Oh, wow. What is it, behind <laughs> a paywall? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Paid DLC. Oh, I, I can't be bothered. Is it, is it complete or is it broken? Like, are there going to be glitches? It's pre-installed on the disc. You just wow. can't get to it. Until oh, you can more. <laughs> Doing the Gears of War did. That is the worst. <laughs> How could you? Hi, I'm Nyreen. My pronouns are they, them. That's all I got right now, too. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sapphire, and my pronouns are she, her. And um, I'm going to mention dust later, and you're all going to think I'm weird. <laughs> oh, I'm actually intrigued. <laughs> You're like, dust, you say? Dust, okay. I want to um, know. <laughs> I'm, I'm Clore, uh, and I use they, them pronouns. Nice. All right, so today we're talking about episode three of The Last of Us. Uh, the episode title is Long, Long Time. It was directed by Peter Hoare, who, Sapphire, you might appreciate, previously directed an episode of Doctor Who. Cute. He's directed episodes of... Daredevil. He's done a bunch of like Marvel stuff. He directed the episode A Good Man Goes to War, which I think is like. That's so good. Yeah, it's the one about Rory. Yeah. Like waiting forever. Oh, I see that. Oh, that man is a romantic. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I love that. He knows how to do long term pining. (laughs) He does. He does, in fact, know how to do that. Oh, so they knew what they were doing when they got him on board. Ah, oh, yeah, they did. I they see. absolutely That's did. That's amazing. I see. This episode makes me cry literally oh. every time I watch it. Like the first time I was sitting there with my housemates and I was like trying to hold it back a little bit because I didn't want to be like disruptive. It was like a movie theater experience. I was like, they can't hear me right now. <laughs> we'll have to pause. <laughs> and then the second time I watched it, like in my room, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll take notes this time." And I was like, "No, I can't see anything." <laughs> to take the notes. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is one of my favorites from this series so far. We should also mention that by the time that this comes out, the show has ended. So we have seen. We've all seen everything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not a spoiler-free episode. <laughs> no. Just so y'all know. If you're listening to this, you got to be prepared to hear major spoilers because we're going to be talking about the show and the game. Um, So that's your warning. Mm -hmm. Where do we even start? I don't know. Well, can we start with talking about Frank in the game and just like establishing the difference here? Just like to start out with Mm -hmm. like Frank and Bill were together and Mm -hmm. then Frank was like, oh my gosh, you're insufferable. And like, t- essentially in the letter, it seems like he just wanted to prove Bill wrong and he was insufferable mm-hmm. and he wanted to leave. And so he like did the impossible and got this battery so they could 
start a car and get out of there and leave Bill behind. He got the battery, but uh, he also got bit. And so we mm-hmm. find him, he's uh, hung himself because he got bit mm-hmm. in in the scuffle to get the battery. And essentially the letter was just like, uh, I, I, had, I have to get away from you. And quite frankly, this is preferable to continuing to live with you, which is like the saddest mm-hmm. thing I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. He was like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I just wanted to prove you wrong. And now I'm dead. But you know what? I prefer that. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's how yeah. you wanted to end it? No. I think it's like also like the note was like, you're like talking about how Bill like refuses to change. Like won't. It's like so stuck in like keeping the, his like town the way that it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what drove Frank to leave, like, your mm-hmm. inability to change or your inability to, like, let people in. Um, ah, um, now makes me want to be, like, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Oh, here's the letter. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Bill, I doubt you, you'll ever find this. Uh, I doubt you'll ever find this note. You were too scared to ever make it to this part of town. But if for some reason you did, I want you to know I hated your guts. I grew tired of this shitty town and of your set in your ways attitude. I wanted more from life than this, and you could never get that. And that stupid battery you kept moaning about, I got it. But I guess you were right. Trying to leave this town will kill me. Still better than spending another day with you. Good luck. Oh my god, that is, that's even sadder. Reading. Yeah, like, I hate your stinking guts. Like, is yeah. this the little rascals? I can't. Even from that, like, how do you not pick up like the queer like message? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, I don't know how people yeah. missed that the first round. I, yeah. Unless they just like didn't pick up the note or whatever. Well, but yeah, I think that's like um, what I like. That was like the first note that I written was like after the episode aired. I, I'm sure like everyone else, all of my social media kind of gets like inundated with The Last of Us related <laughs> stuff, right? Like TikToks, mm-hmm. the Phoebe Bridger fucking fan cameras. I love you all so much. You <laughs> hurt me so much every time. Thank you so much for using my favorite song, Waiting Room, like that. You know, obviously people um, will have their analysis and their thoughts and opinions on the show and what it all means. And I think sometimes like what I've been finding is that like this episode the like queerness of both frank and bill the fact that they are gay is essential to this episode like it it is a core part of the episode and a lot of times when i listen to like um like people will just kind of like reduce it to just another love story and i'm like no you can't do it you can't do that to them you have to acknowledge the queerness because if you don't acknowledge like the fact that they're queer and how important that is for the representation part, I don't think you can do this episode justice properly. If you, and you can't like understand the nuance and the depth if you're not talking about the fact that they're queer and that their love story isn't just any other love story. Because I personally don't think the impact would have hit me the same if we're talking about a cishet couple. I don't know. I don't know. I know. It it's still like even on its own, even if they weren't like a 
queer couple, like it still would have been really emotional and very sweet. Yeah. But we've seen that happen so yeah. much in media exactly. that I'm kind of like, meh, whatever. I can like turn yeah. on any television show, like consume any other form of media. Mm-hmm. And like, it's guaranteed to probably have like a heterosexual, a couple in like leading roles yeah. or like at least like in predominant roles in, in in like a series, whatever I'm reading, either reading or watching or playing mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, like it's always there. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I agree them being yeah. queer, recognizing that and that being front and center yeah. of like their story is so yeah. important. Because right. I, it, mm, it sets up so much other stuff. Like it's, it's contextual, right? Like mm-hmm. um, what? it's 2003, gay marriage wasn't legalized up, up in the US mm-hmm. when the world ended. So like, that sets up so much other stuff. That's something I think about, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in this term of world building, mm-hmm. 20 years later, how do people feel about gay people? Because the, technically like the setting has stopped, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you look at other things around the world, like um, uh, there's advertisement or there's like references to the fact that it was 2003. So like time technically moves on. People technically mm-hmm. like continue to age, grow, whatever. But the setting has stopped. Yeah. I don't think people are going to care about legalizing gay marriage when the world has ended. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? <laughs> right. So, like, I think that sets up so much other, like, contextual stuff around it. And if you, yeah, if yeah. you don't acknowledge the queerness, if you don't, like, talk about the queerness, you can't do this. You cannot do this episode justice in the way Truly. that you, like, analyze it. Mm-hmm. Especially since, like, even today, it is just starting to become a thing where we get to see mm. older queer couples grow yes. mm-hmm. together. We never get to see it on TV. When we no. see queer couples, they're they're all young. Mm-hmm. I think this was the first time. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like they're they're they are older. They grow old mm-hmm. together. We yes. never see that. Yeah, I've never seen that. The first time I've ever seen like off the top of my head like an older queer couple in recent years was um our flag means deaf that was the first time i saw two older like men in a relationship and well in a relationship you know they kiss and it's romantic and like you know i don't know if you watched our flag means deaf i love our flag means deaf there's actually multiple queer relationships in that show and it's mm. so like it, it's just very queer and i love it yeah and that meant a lot to me seeing older like older gays just falling in mm-hmm. love and being together and expressing yeah. that and being themselves you know and then like we have this episode where like y'all were saying i think it's the first time i've ever seen like two mm-hmm. gay men fall in love, grow all together, and have a happy ending. I think that was what really hit me, too, was watching yeah. them. They won. Like, they fucking won the apocalypse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's another thing. They not only grew old in an apocalypse, they grew old and in love. In an, Nobody else was doing that. They clearly yeah. won the apocalypse, you know? At this yeah. point, we don't see, you know, the, the established town of Jackson. So, like, this is, mm-hmm. like, what... Yeah, yeah. I I think it's interesting, like especially taking into consideration what we see between Ellie and Riley later. That Mm. I wouldn't consider this episode. I don't think it falls under the bury your gaze trope. No, because like they fully win. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they have a a happy ending, Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. beautiful. And Mm -hmm. Clore, you and I 
had like a little conversation on Twitter before mm. uh, about just how tender and intimate that relationship yeah. is. Too. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's so tender, yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. so in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like, um, like you know, like uh, I think there's like an element of like bittersweetness to this episode because of how it ends. But I mm-hmm. think like because. Um, I'm going to harp on this because I I just want everyone, especially the people in the back, you need to hear this because it's a queer relationship. The bitterness tastes different in my mouth than if it was a straight relationship. And what I mean by that is that I think because it's queer and because it's like, it's not something that we see ever. Right. And I'll be it like, you know, the, the like, asterisk at the end of the sentence is that it's still a white love story it's still a white queer like it's a queer one but it's a white one so like mm-hmm. you know there's there's stuff that m- gets missed out from that but you know in the in the state of the world i'll fucking take it god damn it um if that's what <laughs> mm-hmm. you're gonna fucking give me i'll take it but <laughs> you I know they the always bitterness... gotta do it white first you know they exactly! always gotta do it white first. that's what i was thinking too um but yeah the bitterness in my mouth isn't necessarily i guess like the bittersweetness comes from like holy shit uh, I think when you're like a queer person and you watch that and you're maybe an older queer person, you're kind of like, oh my God. Like there's like, you know, you think of your younger queer self, you might think about your older queer self and you're like, will this, this happens? Question mark. You know what well, I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially because like currently that population doesn't exist because yeah. of the AIDS crisis like yes. there's a whole generation right. of queer people who are just never had the chance because, yeah because the u.s government didn't want to fucking do anything yeah yeah so like that's the bitterness in my mouth when i think of like the bittersweetness of this episode it's not necessarily just completely story-based but it's like put in the context of me being a queer person in this world does that make mm-hmm. sense right yeah, yeah, that makes and, total sense. Yeah, and cishets will never understand that. That's And it's, like, part of why the queerness to this episode is so important. For know? sure. Like, yeah. Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin <laughs> talk at length, like, in the behind the scenes about how they are both, like, oh. cis straight dudes. And they're like, we just don't want to fuck this up. Like, if, if there's yeah. any story that we don't want to fuck up, it's this one. So they were like, we're going to get queer actors. We're going to get mm-hmm. gay directors. Mm-hmm. Like this is so specific and special that like yeah. we don't want it we don't want it to like fail or flop mm-hmm. See, i wrote that down as well right they were i mm-hmm. found it at the end uh when i think back when i like hear that i think it's like a little comical because I, they were really like we we got gay people <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it felt very much like they were really trying to reassure us that they yeah. like took the proper precaution to ensure that like you know i don't know they wouldn't get called out on twitter for like not having like the queerness um <laughs> consultation mm-hmm. and i think it fucking shows there's no you cannot tell me some cishet dude some cishet white dude <laughs> named john or like <laughs> joseph was gonna fucking direct that episode the same way you can't you no, try, absolutely not. No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely. You can taste the fruit. Absolutely not. You can taste <laughs> it. It's fruity. You can see it and you can feel it. And I think like at the same time, when they did that for this episode, uh, I was like, I wonder if they're going to do the same for the later gay episode. 
if they're gonna have the same amount of reassurance that that the later episode with like Ellie and Riley was given the same treatment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And also, I, I, I'm like, I don't actually know the details of that episode, but I also think it's important that they get queer femmes to do that story yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, this absolutely. show lacks in women, and I, it, I'm oh just really my god, I have so much words I want to say about the last episode. There's some shit in the last <gasps> episode that really pissed me off. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pat, wait! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, oh, you know, yeah. spoiler alert, like, I, I, maybe I haven't listened to the podcast at all, but in the behind the scenes, there's no mention of what, like, what um, involvement, like, any queer femmes, any queer women had to that episode. Right. And I, like, as much as, like, you know. That is so annoying. I, see, that really fucking bothers me. That bothers me. You're going to tell me you couldn't find lesbians? Yeah. Wait, <laughs> like, at, least, at least it wasn't explicit. So I don't know maybe if, if the, the director that, is that a bothers, woman. Uh, yeah. I looked it up. But obviously, like, you know, I think that's the double-edged sword, right? Is that right. we are so used, uh, used to as marginalized people that when people tell marginalized stories and experiences, we are so used to people who have absolutely no idea about that experience writing on behalf of us mm-hmm. and directing on behalf of us and seeing... Mm us the way that they think we see ourselves so yeah. that there's no trust so like i shouldn't have to be like is this person queer i shouldn't have mm. to question that right but media yeah has set it up that i have to otherwise like i feel misrepresented yeah and it's like it's like you also have to like mentally prepare yourself all the yes. fucking time when going into like queer storytelling to be mm. like oh how fucked up is this gonna be like oh is it gonna like Follow like really shitty tropes. Am I gonna be disappointed mm-hmm. again? Like, yeah, it's exhausting and it's really fucking annoying. Yeah, mm-hmm. that reminds me, Nyreen, You told me I needed to bring this up whenever we recorded next, and I like almost forgot about it until just now. But just like kind of speaking to the misogyny that is present, like within queer stuff even the last of us itself like mm-hmm. its very beginnings are rooted in misogyny mm-hmm. i don't know if y'all oh knew my this, god yes but- <laughs> i forgot to bring yes. that up in the first episode i i didn't no. even know i didn't even okay I, I'll when- let but i didn't even know that was a thing and i was so angry when i read it sorry i'm gonna stop no it's okay it's okay so when neil Druckmann first pitched the last of us the story was relatively the same except for one key difference like it was still going to be about a man and a girl Mm. like fighting through the apocalypse to like potentially find a cure right the only difference is that the game would have been called mankind because the virus or whatever took over the world only affected women and so that was his big idea he was just like yeah also it's like not even original you just like reverse (laughs) why the last man which is ridiculous (laughs) He was very excited about this idea. And then he started talking to like some of the the folks at Naughty Dog. And of course the women there were like, you can't do that. Like that's misogynistic as fuck. Like what are mm-hmm. you talking about? Yeah, sometimes I feel like Neil is wor- like purposefully working through his misogyny through the story. And I wish he mm. would just like work through it first if mm-hmm. he wants to. Write and then it. write the mm-hmm. story. Right. Yeah, right. that would we'll be great. We'll get into that in season two, probably. Oh <laughs> my God. I 
I'm going to burn up something. Uh, it's not super spoilery, but we did just on the topic of misogyny and how women are treated yeah. in the Last of Us series. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to bring up that we talked about how Tess was yes. kissed mm-hmm. by the infected. Mm-hmm. And I remember us saying, oh, we've never seen anyone who's like mask or like a man, someone who's portraying like a character that's a man, like go down like that. And it didn't happen. It only happened to Tess and Mrs. Adler, and I'm really fucking angry about that. And it makes me feel so uncomfortable that, like, no one in the writing room was like, hey, this is weird. And, like, he didn't stop to think, like, this is weird. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. why why did you want to do that to Tess? Why, like, Clore, you mentioned it being so violating, and, Mm. like, we talked about it. And I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why Tess deserved that. You know when would have been, like, the perfect opportunity for that, too? Mm. the fucking episode with David where they're like running around the neighborhood and they keep putting in the clicking sounds in the background and like there are clickers in that part of the game but for whatever Mm -hmm. reason they just decided not to incorporate it in that Mm -hmm. episode so like Mm -hmm. whenever those guys are looking for Joel you could have had a scene like that right I I think that's the whole thing right is like the involvement of the people that you're trying to write about you need you just need to fucking have it because Mm -hmm. Todd tells you that like Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann know what they're talking about on that front. They probably mm. don't. They admit that they don't. And like, I think the difference in the way that people have, that I've heard people kind of like talk about like episode seven to episode three in, in terms mm-hmm. of the involvement of queer people is that when they mm. talk about episode seven, they're like Bella Ramsey's portrayal of like a young girl in love. And it, that's specific. It's not the writing or whatever. It is like, Bella Ramsey's performance, you know, like is relevant to how I felt when I like see other like um, queer femmes talk about the episode. Do you, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Whereas like here, right. obviously mm-hmm. the performance is great, but there's also writing underneath it and the direction mm-hmm. of it. But when they talk about episode seven, it's like Bella Ramsey's performance. <laughs> right. How did like they do that? Versus like episode three of like, holy shit, this entire thing, the way that it's shot the way that, you know, they treat each other, all of that. Like, so it's a whole package. And episode three is like, we're really talking about one actor. Where's the backing? Does that make sense? I hope I make sense. Yeah, Yeah, no, it makes sense, yeah. There's a different reaction to the queerness in episode seven uh, Mm -hmm. than in episode three. (laughs) And it's like really annoying. And it's definitely like misogyny. And I'm also going to say probably racism because a lot of people Mm -hmm. have had issues with Mm -hmm. like black characters in The Last of Us. Like the history of The Last of Us is like really awful towards I mean, it's like if you don't like black people in The Last of Us, just wait like five minutes, they'll die. No, but actually, (laughs) it has such a bad history with them. Like, uh, yeah, we'll get into this when we get to the Jackson episode. But they even, like, created Mm. a black character that did not exist, which is um, Mm -hmm. Maria's son. And he's dead. He didn't exist before. (laughs) They were like, Mm -hmm. here's another dead black kid. You're just, let's keep No, I know. It's like, "Mm -hmm. why are you doing this? Like, well, because they don't have anyone, like, they're not talking to anyone who's black. They don't, like, there's no one there they're consulting. Right. And paying to be, like, on the scene and, like, talk to the, talk to them, like, and it shows. Yeah, it's true. And I will, I mean, now I'm getting into stuff later, but, like, with the with the whole uh, deaf character and like Henry and Sam and like mm-hmm. they they went through a lot to make sure they got like a black deaf kid and then they got um, an interpreter who was also black and, mm-hmm. and like 
they did all of that, but like, who's writing this episode? Who's, you know mm. what I mean? Yes. Like who, who else mm -hmm. is working? For, for a lot of these representative moments, so much is riding on the actors and the people yes. who are working with the actors. And that's not fair yes. because they're not writing the storyline. They only have no. so much mm -hmm. power in this. Uh -huh. And then it's like put all on their back, which is why they're like, oh, Bella did such a great job. Yes. It shouldn't be on Bella to do such a great no. job because somebody else should be mm -hmm. writing this episode that is also queer. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. so many people working on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Totally. And like, and how many Netflix shows have we seen with like oh my God. Uh, a lesbian romance that have been canceled mm. after one season? Oh my God, yes. I'm gonna like cry just thinking about them. it. All of them. Oh my God, so many, so many, so every many. time, all the fucking time. Yeah. I feel like The Last of Us. The only reason why it isn't canceled, it's because they have the money. Like, I don't know if like The Last of Us, if it didn't have the game, if it was coming out as like a show on its own, even though the production quality is amazing, like it's. <laughs> might get, have been canceled if it came out like on its own and wasn't already like yeah. well established I'll, honestly i think if it didn't have uh straight white cis men at, uh writers and directors and yeah. people mm. pushing for that it, too yeah that, they, it would have been gone it would mm -hmm. i don't even, yeah i don't even think it would have been made <laughs> and we, we kind of touched on it in the lapis the last episode it's one of those like rare occurrences where viewership just like continues to climb with each episode, mm -hmm. which just like straight up does not happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the the amount of times that like a show will die just because of like fallout from viewership mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. true. So so often, or sometimes it just gets canceled for no reason because mm -hmm. uh, the brand whatever whatever is like oh it's not part of a brand like Owl House mm. or right. Like, what is what is the other one that got canceled with the first? It it has a fat trans lead oh dead end paranormal Cars. yeah that one yeah, yeah. yeah it was so good too i know it's i haven't watched it now. yet i really want to yeah, watch it it's still worth watching okay. yeah it's still worth watching but yeah and i think it's still going <laughs> in like the comics and stuff mm. so i've been i've been wanting to buy the like volumes of that one for sure oh, i didn't know that but yeah that's that's often what happens when yeah. <laughs> people get shit right and yeah then they cancel it and it's like okay I think it'll be very interesting to see how they handle if they do Ellie's like queerness in season two mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how well that will be handled. I don't know if y'all heard this yet, but it was also revealed very recently that the story of the second game will be split across yeah. multiple seasons. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah, I saw that. You you know what? I, I'm. I'm just, this is just random. And like, I'm just like mumbling about it a little bit. But like, I kind of wish the first season had at least two more episodes because yes. I th I think I they did a really good job with the time that they had. But I feel like the last two episodes were too short. Like, I feel like they, mm. they both could have been like, uh, even if not another two episodes, uh, at least like an extra like 20 minutes on top of them or something, just like a little mm -hmm. bit more. So there was a little bit more buildup. Because, yeah. like, the episode with David, I felt, was cut really short. Mm -hmm. I feel like there yeah. could have been more of a buildup to even his creepiness. I don't want to get too much into it, because I know we're going to talk about that. I'm very fucking excited to talk about that episode, <laughs> too, because yeah. that yeah. was, holy shit. I was, was like, wild. ew. Yeah. Um, they did a really good job of that. He is so yeah. creepy, and uh, the casting for that was great, because he looks That's like your great. typical everyday man with really kind yeah. eyes, but he's a mm -hmm. fucking freak. Um, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> um. <laughs> I feel totally robbed with like how little we got of Ashley Johnson in the final. Episode. Oh my god! Right. Oh, don't yeah. get me fucking so started. Good. Don't get me started. I'm gonna get. So- I was so mad. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, what is the point?" Truly, one of my favorite child stars. Oh, I didn't Truly. know she was a child star. She okay, so she used to be on. Um, I don't know if y'all remember uh, Kirk Cameron before he was like super Christian and weird. Was on a. A really popular sitcom. The name is blanking on me, but she came in close to the end. They like to bring in cute little kids to save shows, and they brought two in. <laughs> one was Leonardo DiCaprio, and one was oh. her. Growing Pains was the name of the yeah. show. And she, I have no she, idea what that is. It, it was a oh, it was a cheesy familiar. little sitcom from back in the day. Mm. Um, and and she showed up and she was adorable, but the show still got canceled because um, duh. <laughs> Ashley Johnson didn't save the day. And also, she was in What Women Want. Technically, she was a teenager at the time. Mm. But that movie was mm. god awful, but she was wonderful. <laughs> Her portrayal of Ellie is so good in the game, and oh I wish we got gosh. to see like more of her with Ellie before you know. Yeah, right. Yes. That would that would have been nice. Like I, I really. Oh my god, I can't get into it. I'm no. gonna save it. <laughs> if I start, <laughs> I'm gonna start going. I mean, off. look, we got entire episodes with. Harry, who voiced Tommy, and we got an entire episode with fucking oh yes, and Kathleen, we did. We yeah, yeah, we got Troy Baker, and why did we only get a cold open with Ashley Johnson? That's right. um, Marlene is like in the show, which like I guess she's just Marlene. Oh my god, I fucking hate it. Like she doesn't, she doesn't have as. Oh my god, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'll I'll bring up this moment in the episode that wasn't queer, but was kind of queer. It was very queer of Ellie. I felt it was like very queer rebel. When mm. they're stopping and they're taking a break and Joel is upset about Tess and he's like, and she's like, I just, I want to bring up Tess. And he's like, I don't want to hear your apologies. And she's like, I wasn't going to apologize. I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, you knew what you were getting into when you mm-hmm. want, you wanted to get your car battery or whatever the fuck you wanted to get. And she knew mm. what she was getting into. So mm-hmm. don't blame me. And I was like, girl. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's not. another thing. At, at the beginning of this, we're 30 four and a half-ish minutes in. We haven't even, like, started talking about the plot of this episode. I love it. Uh, at the beginning of this episode, we see Joel building a cairn for mm. Tess. Mm. It's not, like, a very well-known fact, I would say, or it's not, like, advertised that much, but Joel in the games and in the show is Jewish. Yeah. And so it's a nice little touch that they mm. added at the beginning. I, yeah. Imagine being a Hispanic Jew in Texas. God. That would be, With a that black would be a child, I, can't, I cannot. That would be a lot. Oh my god, that would be a lot. <laughs> he, he's been through a life, huh? Yeah, <laughs> he's mm-hmm. been through a life. I also like in the beginning when they're in that. Uh, I guess it was a drugstore, maybe. Yeah. Um, the tampons. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I think like that's probably like you know one of the more uh, one of the things that people might or may not may or may not think about but yeah like the fact that they showed that ellie is the importance of that yeah um find tampons in the beginning i saw a headline for the jackson episode someone had written i couldn't tell if it was a joke or not but it was like the the real horrors of the last of us are a diva cup (laughs) (laughs) i mean look i fucking vouch for that i uh -uh. 
my relationship with them are fraught. At yeah, I'm yeah. Good. Truly, truly. yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, you know, but if it works for you, babes, I'm so happy. Yeah, for you. yeah. I'm if so it works for it whoever, um, you know. Just not not for me. I feel yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I think if I was in the apocalypse, I would use one. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I would use If I had no choice, yeah. if I had no choice, <laughs> I would I would no be knowledge. popping that in me like yeah. no problem. Wouldn't even have yeah. to think about it. But right now, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like so curious if like uh, a woman was like, um, you know, I just have this like box of tampons that we could just put in the background. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think. Neil Druckmann was like, hmm, you know what we should include? <laughs> no, no, someone suggested yeah. that. Someone, <laughs> yeah, someone suggested that. I, I think it was great to include it. And also, like, uh, I'm enjoying seeing this, like, growing inclusion in menstrual products across mm-hmm. media. Like, mm-hmm. Turning Red had it, and so did. Yeah. There's, like, an episode of Baymax, uh, the Baymax television show, oh, where, yeah, like, so yeah, cute. it's so cute. He goes, like, the store to buy menstrual products. Mm-hmm. for like a student and she's like mortified he, yeah and he doesn't know what to get it's really cute and there's also like a trans man there making suggestions on products it's very queer oh, very yes. sweet yeah, yeah. people were yeah. so and mad i'm like why? i mean i know the last of us isn't as wholesome and it's a little bit more fucked up but <laughs> it's kind of nice that there's like it just that inclusion in menstrual products and there isn't like oh like ew that's gross or like a mm-hmm. weird shine away from it and like if it does make someone uncomfortable good i hope you're uncomfortable shut up about it <laughs> i'm trying to decide how like good joel would be about it because he is joel but also he was like a single dad so i'm like yeah. he didn't care ellie ellie showed it to him because because he had that moment where he was like my kid's too quiet what is what are they doing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like I don't and... know how I don't know how awkward. Like, could you imagine Joel giving the talk? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He probably had Tommy oh do God. it. Oh my God! Truly, yeah. he, would, he, would make, he would make Maria and Tommy do it. He'd be like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Uh, also, like that moment that Ellie has with the um, with the <gasps> yes. undead. Uh-huh. And like I thought it was interesting that she like cut the skin to see what was under it, and I think mm-hmm. she was like trying to make connections there. And I thought that was a little drop in like the explanation mm-hmm. that we get later about like what's happening mm-hmm. with her is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that whole situation. I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, I haven't I haven't played the second game, but I was reading that. Um, and also I've seen like TikToks of folks talking about it saying that like there's like a build up to like uh, her character and the, the development she goes through in like the second game and will be going through in the second season and third season and whatever that like people can't really deny like came out of nowhere. I don't know anything about what anyone's talking about. I have no fucking context, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> like, is that is that something that they're doing? Because uh, I know like both Faye and Sapphire, you've played both. I, I actually think um, I didn't have a problem with Ellie's devolvement at all. I think generally if you finish out the second game, you, you mm-hmm. can see that coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, actually, uh, is something that I was actually really worried about um, after mm-hmm. the first episode is that I think she's too violent to be Ellie at this point. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. To me, Ellie is a scared kid and will like posture and will mm-hmm. curse at you and like pretend like she's gonna fuck you up, but she probably mm-hmm. can't. But she's mm-hmm. gonna try if she needs to. 
But ultimately, mm-hmm. she's not a violent person. Um, I think mm-hmm. one of the, the things I think sum up her character in this earlier portion uh, to begin mm-hmm. with is when um, Marlene is talking about Joel and he's, she's like, I know what you're capable of. And Ellie mm-hmm. is like, what is he capable of? What a, <laughs> yeah. Who is this person? To mm-hmm. me, she's a scared kid, mm-hmm. but she's not violent and it's not something that's going to be the first thing she would do. Even throughout all of their experiences, Ellie doesn't relish in any of those. That a moment at the end of the first episode where she's watching mm. Joel beat the shit out of that guy mm-hmm. and she's like, that made me uncomfortable. Like I, I kind of explained it away with a few things. Maybe she's just like mm-hmm. happy somebody's sticking up for her mm-hmm. because she has so few of that. But like to me, mm-hmm. that was like a flag to me that like they were gonna do something. I, I think they came, it came together in the end, especially at the end of the season mm-hmm. with the episode where she's dealing with the uh the the religious cultist people mm-hmm. i don't think she relished in any of in that, in that at all either yeah. so I, I do feel more comfortable i was worried that that was going to be some kind of like girl boss badass type situation mm-hmm. and it wasn't mm-hmm. that yeah um but i was worried that but I, yeah. I do so i do think for people who did have a problem with it in the games i do think that they are doing a better balance of it okay I like wrote a note that was like Ellie's relationship with violence because I do think it's really interesting how like if like when I listen to uh, the podcast or any of the behind the scenes stuff, they always bring it up. They really drive home the point of like Ellie's a violent kid. Joel's a violent man. And sometimes I feel like it's a little reductive. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because I'm like also there's context like their world is incredibly violent. Like, how am I meant to right. skip my way through this? Hello? Right. So are y'all saying that, like, when you see the scene where she's down there with that zombie or whatever and she's stabbing it, like, that's an act of violence? Is that is that what y'all are saying? No, nah, to me, that oh, was an act no. of curiosity. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 I was yeah, just yeah, making yeah. sure I was, like, on no, the no, same no, no. page. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's, but, like, the first time she sees one up close that isn't, like... Mm, coming at her yeah, about the yeah, killer yeah. she could yeah. kind of like look at it and examine mm-hmm. it and like mm-hmm. i mean she's also like 14 years old 14 year olds yeah. do weird fucking shit all the time <laughs> right. like i yeah. feel like a 14 year old being like oh what it, what happens if i do this and like mm-hmm. how do you react right. and like checking yeah. out like an infected like that's just her her reality you know and yeah like, and especially if you're a 14 year old and you got bit by one of these things and everybody else yeah. is like, like I yeah. would want to like cut and see like what's going on. I don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, no, I, I don't even think it was weird that 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 uh, that she did that or anything like that. No, I don't think there yeah. was an act of violence either. There, it was like definitely curiosity, like morbid curiosity, yeah, <laughs> but <right>. curiosity. Because <laughs> right. she's like also grown up in like that cuisy you know, school, like that's mm-hmm. all she knows. Like she talks about like yeah. looking at the sky and she's like, well, I couldn't really, you know, see this much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah, like if I saw something, I'd be like, mm, pokey poke, poke, poke. But like, <laughs> right. but, like immediately the... after that, she was like, yeah, they didn't teach us shit in those schools. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like they talk about that interaction, like the creators as an act of violence. And I'm like, I need you all to stop. <laughs> yeah, actually, and mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing. I think I give them too much credit sometimes because I don't think they wrote a violent character. And it's very interesting mm. to me that they insist that they did because 
to me, even even when we get to Ellie before the fact, and we're talking about Ellie in school and she's being bullied yeah, or whatever, yeah. Riley is I'm the like, one who always was violent to defend yes. her. And that's why mm-hmm. that girl was talking outside her neck, because she's like, Riley's not here. Mm-hmm. She's not going to beat me up. What you going to do? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that is the, that was the first time that Ellie was like, well, if I have to fucking deal with this, I'm punching you in the face so you leave me alone. Like, yeah. it wasn't that... Ellie is a violent person and that's why she did that. It's Ellie's mm-hmm. a person that like doesn't have her a protector anymore, which I think is more interesting yeah. to their story. And mm-hmm. that's why she she realized that that protector, this is what they did. So mm-hmm. I have to do that for myself now. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. actually a through line in this whole thing is that yeah. Ellie ha- has to learn to protect mm-hmm. herself. Yeah. And I, I just, I feel like they missed their own point. <laughs> I don't think they realize what they wrote. Yeah, I don't know. She's growing up. You're teaching her to be a fucking soldier. You, you're telling yeah, me yeah, that soldiers no. are fucking violent. Absolutely board the next train and fuck off. Right. I'm not wanting to hear it. Yeah, they're literally training to be a part of an oppressive <laughs> force. And they're like, that's not violent, but her being yeah. reactive to a bully's violent. And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, right. And like, also, te- most of her violence is reactive. Right. Yes. She's not like plotting things and like standing around menacingly, like waiting to stab she, someone. Literally. A lot of her violence is reactive. Like when she protects Joel uh, when mm-hmm. they crash and yeah. they're yeah. being pursued by that group, he's in crisis. So she's yeah. reacting to that. Mm-hmm. A lot of her uh, violence is like reactive. She's not like you know to David. That's reactive. She's protecting yeah. herself. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I oh God. It's like it's not like she was like, hey Joe, want to go to that convenience? Not that one over there. That one over there. Yeah, that one. No, I really want to shoot reason. someone. No, <laughs> like, I. I just you know uh, maybe that'd be great. Ha ha ha. Fool hasn't caught on. <laughs> Right. Check it down below. <laughs> Gonna go stabity stab stab stab. Like um, <laughs> Yeah, like she that. does like violent things, but she's not violent and she's yeah. like hundred percent a product of her environment and like that really yeah. bothers me that they describe her as violent or she's seen as violent by other mm-hmm. folks. And I'm just it makes like, me think why? of like the whole like female rage movie and how yes. men yes. tend to hate them. It also feels misogynistic. It feels right, misogynistic. Exactly. Yes. Like she's not like she's <laughs> yes. she's re- reacting to a shitty situation. That doesn't yeah. make her equally as violent as the people no. a- imposing that violence on her first. No, like, exactly. Yeah. And it's like they, I don't know how they pulled off writing such a great story with like the way they <laughs> the weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they failed upwards so hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah, it's so weird that they talk about violence and it just doesn't feel contextual at all. Like, it, like sure, if you just drop this person in the middle of an island and there was nothing that came before them and you don't know what's going to come after them, maybe. But I'm like, you're in the fucking apocalypse. How? <laughs> right. I don't know. How are you supposed to react? Like, what is normal? Yes. What is violence? What is nonviolence? How do you, what is, how do you, how do you gauge that? How do you gauge that in that reality? And she was born to, into that too. Literally. Like, like, even, even like, you know, because I feel like obviously the way that they pair Bella's violence is with Joel's violence and I'll, you know, probably more like at the end. But I, even mm. like when they were like, Joel's a really violent man. And I'm like, well, especially in the beginning, I'm like, People are also trying to kill him. Right. Mm-hmm. Constantly. So, right. Constantly. And I, I truly didn't really, personally, maybe I'm just missing it. Could be the neurodivergency. I don't know. But I don't really think I truly saw what they were talking about 
until the final couple episodes. Yeah, I think the implication is Joel was violent. Like, he was yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. And we don't ever see that. And that's I don't right. see that. But, like, let's, like, be use context. He's not like that anymore. Like, mm-hmm. once Tommy left, I'm, I'm supposing here, but it seems yeah, like yeah, once yeah. Tommy left, there was a change in the way he went about his doing whatever he was doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, because him and Tommy and Tess were part of, like, a group of raiders at mm-hmm. one point. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I like I get so uncomfortable when people are just talking about violence out of context. It just feels a little out of context to like where 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 they've literally set these people. Well, that's mm-hmm. another thing is when they talk about uh love in this show, it also mm. makes me uncomfortable because they mm. talk about this is the dark side of love and what yeah. love can do. And I'm like a mm-hmm. bunch of men are writing about how if you love somebody, you just like murder. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like I, I truly, I think it's a miracle that the show is good and that the game. Is good. <laughs> <laughs> because when they say shit like that, I'm like, yo, therapy, yeah. please. That's what like. Yeah. There was something in the last episode where like they said specifically that like the reason why Joel is able to commit such acts of violence is because he's dissociating. It's because the man is traumatized, and it's right. like. I don't, I've dissociated and I've never like, yeah. beat up anybody right. during that state. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I, also like, they talk about him being healed at that point because of Ellie. And I'm like, healed where? He, You, you no. say he's healed and then immediately he like <laughs> goes mm-hmm. on a murder spree. That's not mm-hmm. healing, baby. That's trauma. No. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? No. Yeah. Like, yeah, they they misunderstand their work. I'll, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll explain it to them. <laughs> I, if yeah. you would like to have a conversation, Neil, and you're listening, I would love yeah. to explain your work to <laughs> you. Wait, where can Neil contact I, you? Yeah, like I, that's such a good way of putting it to misunderstanding their work. Yeah, like anytime I've like dissociated, I don't wake up in a hospital carrying a 14-year-old child. Right. Um, right. Ever. Who you know was gonna get brain surgery? I think I think the most I've done while dissociating is just go to class. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, valid. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Frank and Bill, Bill and Oh yes, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Episode three. Episode yeah. three. <laughs> I just, I just. It's so hard not to talk about everything. Yeah. Oh my god. Because, like, so much from this episode stems into other parts, you right. know? Mm-hmm. Right. And we now we've yeah. seen it all, and it's all out, so it's mm-hmm. just so fucking hard not yeah. to talk about uh, it. All, like, what? Like, Bill's, weirdly enough, like, Bill's letter at the end, when he's, like, you know, uh, you know, protect Tess. We're like, protectors. That's we're, yeah, we're, we're protectors. That's what we do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really and, like, time. I'm actually okay not going beat by beat for this episode because I want people to watch it. Like, right? Yeah. This, this is a <laughs> this is the post recap episode. Like, if no mm-hmm. other episode that we do is like this is the one where it's like, no, you have to have watched this to like get yeah. any of this. Right. Like, yeah. And at least watch a video of the game. At least, yeah. At least, or yeah. read something. Yeah. Is it time for me to bring up the dust? Yeah. Yes! Let's go. Please. Okay. So. All right. All right. So. I've been like, this has been in my brain for a long time because I do mm. like zombie stories. Well, it's hard to say. I have a lot of feelings about zombie stories in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, dust is always a thing to me in a zombie story that signifies nobody here is active, right? It's so mm-hmm. it's almost like a safe 
thing. If there's mm. dust in the place, zombies aren't going to be in here. No other mm. people are going to be in here. Um, so d- dust kind of signifies a, a space where no one is, has been uh, occupying, right? And so at the, at the, at the, in this episode, we see uh, when Frank, his first time being in the house and seeing like this wonderful house that this guy has been living in, Bill, this is his home. He's alive, but is he living? And I'm thinking about the dust here because he's in the living room. He's looking around and he wipes the dust off of the um, awning where there's pictures and stuff. And this guy is alive. He's been living. He's been got at this point. How many years has he been here? And this room is full of dust. This room. where Like, what was it? Seven, four years at that point? Yeah, four years, four years. So this room, they're about to have lunch covered in dust. And I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting because typically when you see dust in a, in a zombie apocalypse, that means no life here. But there's right. this living guy mm-hmm. who clearly isn't really living. He's not even occupying his own space because there's dust mm. in this room. He, he's living mm. this life, but w- what is he doing with it? And yeah. so when we get to the later parts where Frank is like, I want to take care of our home. I want to take care of our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Th- there's more to life than this. And in the note in the game, he just says, yes. I want more than this. Yes. And yeah. the the, thing yeah. that, the key that made their relationship work in the show versus the game is that Bill said, mm-hmm. you know what? Sure. And he decided yeah. to actually live. And mm-hmm. so we, we go through this. Yeah. We see the house later. As time goes on, there's not mm-hmm. a speck of dust anywhere. They are occupying the space. They are living life. And then we yeah. get to Ellie coming into the house. And she also wipes the dust off the table. Like, there's rotten food on the table. So there's, like, mm-hmm. enough indication that they're they're dead um, right. for Joel and Ellie. But for, they zoomed in on her wiping that dust off the table. And to me, it just seems really purposeful that they used dust as an indicator of, like, whether or not a person was living in there. And yeah. in the beginning, they're telling us that Bill was not living in there. He was just alive. His existence is totally utilitarian, except for like his dinner, which he likes to cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I I feel like not even like enjoy it in his like nice little room. Yeah, Yeah. I also feel like there's uh, glimpses into his life before um, Mm. the pandemic that tells us that he also wasn't living Mm -hmm. um, because he wasn't not not because oh if you're not romantically involved with someone you know but like he had mentioned you know there was no girl and like potentially he had like he was just alone and the piano was his mother's and it was all his it was like his family home and he kind of just was cooped up in his basement like waiting for like something big to happen and like he didn't seem to have friends he was like a loner so like he wasn't even really living even before that's like the pandemic hit so like it's really when frank showed up that he started to actually live life right is that like like you know is that a little gay? <laughs> like, is there an inference there that, like... It's, it's a little you know, fruity. Yeah. Yes, like, no, definitely. He was definitely a closeted with... man. He was definitely yeah, a closeted I, man. I, I was going to say, it's like, it, pre, every uh, time pre-pandemic. I think about this, it makes me even sadder because I'm sure that he was just 
so sure that he would never even he should never mm, even think love about or like be with anyone because Claire, you yeah. mentioned like the year that it was set in like uh, a gay marriage was still uh, illegal it wasn't even legalized so like he never would have even thought of like the possibility no. of being with someone and building a home with them having a family of his own uh, if that's what he wanted you know like he right. that wasn't even a possibility in his mind so like he was probably a closeted man like i feel right, like the yeah. implications there that he was a closeted man who kept to himself and was like a loner and like wasn't living before yeah. frank came it also makes me wonder if like because he talks about being like a protector or like a mm. caregiver right it makes me wonder if like part of that stems from his relationship with his mother like did she mm -hmm. also get sick and he mm -hmm. had to take care of her and then after she died he was just like I'm frozen and don't know what to do except for yeah. like hunker down. Right. Mm -hmm. I think um, something I find so interesting is like when they, when Frank says that they've met um, Tess and that they're inviting Tess and Dole to the compound. Um, that, that was like what, maybe like a few years later after they first met. So maybe we're probably mm -hmm. in the 2010s now, right? Yeah. I just think it's so, this is why I think it's so interesting. Maybe I have, I had to spend my, disbelief a little bit that these like this straight couple were like yeah gay <laughs> <laughs> but like at that point who cares you don't really have yeah. time for homophobia right. I, I was gonna say i feel like joel generally just did not give a shit as long as you didn't yeah. like get in his way or like fuck uh -huh. up his life and i feel like yeah. Tess would just be like i don't know your your typical heterosexual woman who was like oh gay yeah, friends yeah, i love yeah. gay friends right. yeah <laughs> let's go have yeah. wine yeah. right that's like right. when i like yeah um, yeah like when i think about the world ending and it like you know not being stuck in 2003 but your setting being kind of frozen in 2003 that's what i like mean i'm like how does this stuff socially change amongst each other you know mm -hmm. like there's there's some spoilery stuff if we try to talk about the second yeah. game and yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah um but yeah i just i thought that was like uh so interesting <laughs> i don't know i was just like oh, okay you know no hate campaign um <laughs> <laughs> cool all right joel's um, joel's not sitting there going you're not one of them queers are you <laughs> 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 I mean, Joel. I, I think they were in Austin, Texas. So I feel like he was he was all right. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, he, he was all right. He just like I, I like I, I truly believe he was in that. I don't give a shit. Yeah, scene. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's great, but I, I, I always think that that uh, lunch that they have is just so funny to me in that regard. So I'm like, oh wow. my god, that is like one of my favorite scenes too. Because like. Cause Bill's just sitting there with his fucking gun, in, and, <laughs> and Joel's like, "Don't, don't point that at me. Yeah. Get, get, that, get that my fucking face." See, like Frank is me on the outside, Bill is me on the inside. Whenever I'm at a party, I'm like, oh. "Yeah, I Actually, love uh, Frank is a uh, Frank is me at the beginning of the party, and oh, yes. when I run out of energy. Oh my god! Yeah. So I think it's time for everyone to leave. Gun out. <laughs> Yeah, tag yourselves down below. Who are you around the lunch table? Ted, Joel, Bill, or Frank? Or any combination of any, you know? There are no binaries here or quadraries because there's no <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my god. Oh, I, I really loved a scene of uh, Frank being like, oh, come inside. And, and Bill's like, not in the house. <laughs> That's what his, I'm, I'm glad it became a meme, but his, you did what? Yeah. Oh my god. He's, he's so, it, it, but it's just showing like all his, uh, in every scenario, it's him always being like really protective of his space, especially, mm. especially now that he has Frank too, right? Because now he yeah. is, now he has something that he's scared to lose, right? Uh, so, yeah. you know, having, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, sure. like, having insiders uh, come in, you know, he's like, what the fuck? You invited someone here? And then he's like, no, not in the house. And, <laughs> and like, uh, I also find it interesting that that also is foreshadowing to him not wanting Joel to be in the bedroom. See, this is another reason why I don't think it's barrier gays. They it kept yeah. their integrity the whole way. They're like, we're choosing mm. to do this. And also, you're not going to see our fucking dead bodies fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah. And like they even like open the window because they're like we don't want it to smell too bad. Oh my god! And the like window. just yeah. respect us. Yeah, shout out to the window. Um, shout out to the window. <laughs> I think um, Neil Druckmann or I don't know one of the white guys was like, um, we were thinking of like doing a cold open, but with just windows, like to reference the the game screen. Like I think mm-hmm. we right. Are, like resume, resume the pain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they like chose Resume not to win. And they had to like fight executive decisions. It's like, this is a boring shot. Why is this included? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, like when you hear that queer people die in a show, uh, I think it's unfortunate that, well, at least for me, my mind goes, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I also don't think that this episode was necessarily, was bury your gaze because they don't die because they're queer. Like, yeah, they don't die because they're queer and they don't die yeah. before they choose to or before their yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Right. They live yeah. a full life together mm-hmm. and they're happy and they love each other and Yeah, they're just yeah. like two two old guys just loving each right. other. Like yeah. you, the, you, you know? don't get and- to see queer people be old <laughs> together. No. Right. No, I'm like, oh my god! Apart, <laughs> I know? can't even think about it. It's so sad. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> I I was crying the entire time. Oh I was just yeah. leaking yeah. from every hole in my face. I think I had texted you during my second watch through. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna get a tattoo of a strawberry. So. I want a tattoo of strawberries too. I'm gonna be that hoe. I'm gonna be that hoe. <laughs> I want strawberries on me too. Oh my god. Uh, I think, like, speaking on, like, the way that um, their story ended, like, I had, like, two points. The first one, um, when we talk about the house and it, like, being more lived in, I think something that Mm -hmm. was so interesting was, like, towards the end when it's, like, shown that Frank is ill. You see, like, mobility aids and you see the way that they basically make accommodations for Frank. So Mm -hmm. there's a cane that's by the door. He drinks out of a cup, a plastic cup that has a lid and a bendy straw, and I'll, and he uses his wheelchair. I don't know if you ever see them. I don't know if it's ever like shown earlier in the episode where Bill's bedroom is, but I think it's interesting that they really um, shoot that they are that he's being pushed into their bedroom on the bottom floor. So in right. my head, maybe the headcanon is that they lived upstairs, and when Frank. Um, started using a wheelchair they had to move downstairs that being said i think like my one critique that i've read from elsewhere was because obviously i'm not someone who is like physically disabled at all so when i saw that i was like oh cool that they get to include that in the episode right how often Mm -hmm. do you see sort of like um 
mobility aids and things be implemented really naturally in a show. But I think the way that Frank's life ends, I I think like for me, that was devastating, you know, because I think it just is. But something right. that I read on Twitter, it was like um, uh, someone that I follow had posted like, why is it do we have to die? Every mm. time like someone is shown to be disabled or is a wheelchair user, why is it that we die? Why is it the choice is that I would rather be dead than be alive? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like, yeah, so stri- like I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It reminds me of Imani on TikTok. Crutches and Spices. Yeah. Who does a lot of like um, advocacy and activism around disability and race, specifically like blackness and queerness and, and fatness and all and how they all work together. It's really fantastic. If you don't follow her, you really should. Um, but it reminded me of a TikTok that they made that talks about how in a world that is like ableist, so often people who are not currently disabled, because I think we're all pre-disability, um, you know, as we age, et cetera, et cetera. But like in a world that is ableist, people who are not disabled will always see disability as a loss. Yeah. And I really mm-hmm. think the way that they chose to have Frank's story ends really reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That he, that the, the, his disability meant there was a loss in his life. Right, because they could have written it where, like, he wasn't ill and they just yeah. passed away, like, on their own yeah, terms yeah, without, right. like, mm-hmm. the need of, like, them, you know, deciding to end their lives early because he was in mm-hmm. pain. They, yeah. they, they could have just had him be a mobility user but not, like, sick because I think he had parkinson's or cancer or something i can't remember what it was yeah Yeah. and like they could have just not written that and they could have just had them die of natural causes and he just Mm -hmm. happens to be someone who uses Mm -hmm. a mobility aid right right it wouldn't have changed much it honestly Mm -hmm. wouldn't have changed much because they would have just they would have just passed away and and they could have still written that bill left a letter that was for joel Mm -hmm. to read if he passed away because they're getting older you know Mm -hmm. right Mm-hmm. Kathleen like even says as much like two episodes later where she's yeah. like oh my god yeah where she's talking about like he had cancer like what does it matter if he would have died then versus now like there's literally no difference mm-hmm. like right. that same mindset where it's like just because he had that illness it's just like his life is forfeit because mm-hmm. yeah and then yeah. he also happens to be disabled as well right yeah, and I think that was probably my one really big critique of the episode was that ending. Because I think yeah. that yeah. is such a shame that, mm. um, you know, we have this beautiful love story that is kind mm-hmm. of like, it's dampened by the ableism. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Um, I I didn't even think about that, actually, before you brought that up. So I'm glad you brought mm-hmm. that up. Mm-hmm. And it, it is like a reoccurring problem in media where like like you said they treat disability like a cause or Mm -hmm. a burden and inconvenience Mm -hmm. like something that's like undesirable and Mm -hmm. it's very ableist and it's tied into eugenics and it's Mm. yeah does not have to be done (laughs) like it is so unnecessary yeah yeah because that's the other thing with like the behind the scenes it's just like they couldn't even be bothered to specify yeah 
right. what he had we because they confirm. were they were like going back and forth. There's like, oh, I don't know if it's this or it's just neurological. Like, I don't know if it's MS or if it's X Y Z. So it's like, like you wrote it, like you could have figured decided. that out. Yeah. yeah. I think especially, like, since, like, in the game, right, Frank doesn't die that way. Like, Frank obviously dies in a very different way, but, like, you already had a different version of his death. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then you changed it to be this. Right. As a more general question, why was this death the most, you know, impactful to you? Mm-hmm. What makes it impactful? Why does it make it impactful? It was such a devastating feeling to see like, you know, cause they had that uh, thing with the Raiders and you, it obviously it implies that like Bill is going to die or he thinks he's going to die first because he's mm. older. Yeah. But then it's Frank. But then it's, they were like, haha suckers. It's fucking Frank. Right. And you just kind of know that when you, when like Frank is in the wheelchair, I'm like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. You, you already know what's coming because like, you know, this world is ableist. He has ableist. Like, of course they're going to fucking do something to him. Mm. He doesn't deserve it. You know, this shouldn't have happened, but it did. And it sucks that that was, like, the way that their story had to end. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's part of the bittersweetness as well. It, and, the, and, like, the bitterness really felt bitter in that moment. Right. Um, right. You know. We can't just have a, like, you know a good solid queer love story <laughs> right yeah. where someone happens to be disabled as they grow older and they still yeah. get it all right. yeah absolutely it's that, that lack of intersectionality yes mm-hmm. yeah. well yeah that, that's that goes back to exactly. like the writing room mm-hmm. and the production yeah. team and like everybody you know like they're not consulting folks who are disabled use mobility aids. They're not mm-hmm. like bringing in folks to talk about like, they don't have that perspective in the room or maybe they do have that perspective and they're just choosing not to listen to them. I because mean, that honestly, also I just happens. think like the set designers like Googled what they would need to do as far as like, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Needs, and mm-hmm. that's why all that stuff existed there. Yes. But mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think they had any input as far as that is concerned. No. I don't think they need, thought they needed to. It's like mm-hmm. so permeated, we don't even think about it. Like it's just yeah. second yeah. nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, that that was like my main gripe, I think, with Frank and Bill was the way that that ended. Um, yeah. And you know, like it, it's so funny because when I think back to, I think maybe behind this or the podcast, like Craig is like, you know, we really tried to get gay people. We really, really tried. <laughs> the director's gay. Our couple of writers are, and he he's specific. So he says, "Gay, middle-aged, married men." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> oh my God, Craig, did you also make a notes app like post in your phone? Did you have?" A <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, tick 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 tick. Well done. Next one. Tick 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 tick. She's like, "It's also kind of presumptuous because when they're talking about like." wanting gay actors specifically prior to nick offerman joining the cast that role was going to be played by con o'neill who is in uh our flag means death izzy hands it was going to be izzy hands. <laughs> oh my god actually that would have been great that would have been and so when good I, mm-hmm. when i was looking it up it was like he's played a couple of like queer roles mm-hmm. but i couldn't find anything where he had like publicly said like oh i am a gay man so like 
are you outing Con O'Neill by saying that? Like, because that mm. doesn't seem cool. Yeah, because, yeah. like, is it also outing Nick Offerman? Because I don't think Nick Offerman's openly queer. Well, they he Either. did say, he was like, oh, we, we ended up getting Nick Offerman, but he's a, he's at least a married Ally. middle-aged gay right. man. Like, married <laughs> a middle-aged man. Now I'm yeah. like, and he's a comedian, so he'll make yeah. you cry. And I was like, Craig, babe, this is why we this is why you have to delete the notes app post. Yeah. You gotta get rid of the checklist now, because now you've made it fucking weird. Yeah, truly. <laughs> but I will say that like being married to Megan Mullally, I feel like you can't be you have to be at least a little gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, if if like Nick Offerman was like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm bisexual, I'm pansexual," uh-huh. I'm like, duh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> because this is not his first queer role. He played, uh, he played what was his name? Captain. Oh my God, Brooklyn Nine Nine. The captain oh, had a boyfriend, and it was Nick Offerman. Oh my God! Oh, oh my God! Captain Holt? Wait, the, yes, was yes. dating Nick Offerman. Captain- Yes, Wait, I don't even remember that. It was the episode I must have stopped about... watching before that. <laughs> Nick Offerman, the... if you're gay, just let me know. I won't Oh my tell God, anyone. I know. We would love your secrets. Yeah, it would be so great. Um, but yeah, he plays the like disgruntled ex-boyfriend who had a precious duck that um, Captain oh Holt said he God, didn't I... get rid of. <laughs> I don't know why I forgot about that. Threw it off the bridge. Oh, I did not watch that season. That's why I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, very small I cameo, but a cameo nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. God, it, it is genuinely a beautiful like performance, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the little giggle. Glorious. The little giggle. Oh, <laughs> the little <laughs> strawberry. Oh, this whole oh physicality my with that character just like... Oh, mm, so ah. good. Yeah. So I love... Good. I Excellent. love it. I I just love how uh, and then, I really <laughs> love them. I love Frank and Bill so much. Are you crying? Then, no. And then he writes out his giggle in the letter too. It's like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, like Ellie reading it out loud. Like Ellie, yeah. you need to skip that part. <laughs> so cute. I really love how Frank is always like the more carefree kind of romantic and like. Bill can be romantic too, but he's also very like stubborn and like mm. like serious and like I don't know. He wants it all mapped out in his head and it to go that way. Mm. And like even like the what gun? What gun did you give away <laughs> for these strawberries? It's like so um, you didn't even notice the gun was gone. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, when you go downstairs, you have so many more. You are yeah, so many more. <laughs> Yeah. He had so many, and why did Frank only have it's, a little one? Huh? Yeah. Uh, you tell it's me. literally me anytime anybody rearranges stuff in the bathroom. It's just like, where the <laughs> fuck is it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my I have God. a system in place, like, you can. <laughs> oh my God. I, my, like, I think one of my couple of favorite lines from this episode was definitely, like, um, I don't know, that, that line about, like, I wasn't scared before, but like now I am. Something along those. I I don't even remember because mm-hmm. yeah. it's too painful. I wasn't but afraid also, before I met you. Yes, yes, that's it. That one top line. My second one was: You live in a bunker where nine eleven was an inside job, and the government are all Nazis. <laughs> the government are all Nazis. Yeah. The government is all Nazis. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. 
And I'm like, valid, babe, speak on it. Speak <laughs> on it. Snap, snap, snap. I want more. Tell me more about your thoughts. You want to be on a podcast? I, I'd love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I also think it's like wild to me that like Frank shows up. He was in a group of 10 people. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is the only, like that is hectic wild like 10 Mm. people yeah not only is he a survivor but his gaydar is really good because i went sniffed out that fruit (laughs) he's like oh yeah i know he was like something's (laughs) fruity in here (laughs) do you think frank got lost or like the rest of his group abandoned him oh because he doesn't seem like even when the even when the raiders come in like he shoots at them but like you know, he doesn't aim to kill. Aww, I think it's more. I don't like want to think response. about that. That's so sad. Oh my god, that's Why the saddest thing. Why did you say that? I just assumed they all died, and somehow what he survived. What if they kicked him out because they're homophobic? You know, now yeah, you're exactly. making me think that's of sad things. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, nine. Fuck all you nine. There's a Homophobe. lot of themes of homophobia and like closet yes. being closeted, and and like I I mean maybe he got kicked out of the group, or maybe he realized they were hostile, and he had to leave, or. I don't know. Because he, he showed up with, like, nothing, Faye, right? why are you like this? It was literally just him. It was just yeah. him and his dirty like, clothes. no gun. Yeah, no backpack. He had to yeah. eat him for, even, like, a, what do you say? He didn't eat for, like, two six days? days? Two days, yeah. okay. He's like, <laughs> he's, like, not even bandaged up in any way. He's just... He's just there. Yeah. He literally stumbles into a hole. I don't know how hmm. he can break anything. That hole looked deep. Man, <laughs> right? A, to he's used to being in them, I guess. <laughs> Hey, yo. I'm sorry. Climb on out, Frank. Climb on out. <laughs> That's not the... That, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, well done, Craig I'm Mason. sorry. I was going to make a joke, but... I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like... Oh, he starts out the episode in Bill's Hole. It was foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my god. See, great people could never write that. Do you see? It's so funny. It's so funny. You all will oh. cry, but you will fail. I just Also, like, it was so tender and sweet when they're in the yeah. bed. And he was uh-huh. like, Oh, have you ever? And he's like, Oh, girls, but never. And he's like, Oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of you, baby girl. That's basically what Frank is doing. Like, oh, yeah, he was like, like also negotiating. He's like, listen, I'm not leaving, okay? If I'm going to try He's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I'm not a whore. He's like, I'm not a whore. Right. He's like, if I'm going to be a whore, I'm going to stay for a few nights, okay? <laughs> and it's like, I don't even know if I would even say whores exist anymore in the apocalypse. You got yeah. to slit yourself out. You know why? You might die. Like, <laughs> you might die in any moment. Oh, my God. It's so true. Yes, I mean, like, get it if you want to. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I fucking, I scream laughed when he said that, because that's some shit I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm not a whore, but for, like, one dinner, but for a few dinners. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We can talk about the number later. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely going to be more than one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think also, great line, older means we're still here. Mm-hmm. And truly, like, obviously that has its own implications in the apocalypse. But I think that line is also really impactful because they're queer. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. I recently yeah. went to um, the Dallas Holocaust and Human Rights Museum. Mm. And they have a traveling exhibit for Stonewall and queer civil rights. And it was like 
so eye-opening just like the amount of people that were lost and just like what a fight it would have been to like even get to the point where they were at in 2003 right Mm -hmm. if it comes near you i would highly recommend seeing it because they even had like the two rings from like the court case that uh granted uh gay marriage and i'm gonna cry if i think about it too much oh yeah i'm gonna cry like (laughs) so much yeah Here's a question. Why do you think they waited so long to get married? I wonder if that ties into Bill's, like, um, maybe he has a little bit of internalized homophobia and fear of loss. And, like, uh, that level of commitment scares him because, like, that's taking, like, an extra step into, like, being committed to Frank, even though he is already committed to Frank. Like, now if you're gone, like, I'm especially fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I do remember being a little baby gay in 2003, Mm. truly baby. And like Mm. meeting older gay people who would Mm -hmm. say things like, oh, I actually don't want, I don't believe in gay marriage. I just think that it's like, like it should be some kind of separate segregated thing or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just like not a part of like, we we shouldn't want to be a part of that. There's just like a lot of weird things that I think like older gay people at that time would say. Um, as far as like gay marriage is concerned, mm-hmm. um, that like I, I think a lot of those people have changed their minds now. Yes. I wonder if it's like kind of like a, a thing that's like I don't want it anyway. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I think it's like from um, what I had like because I didn't know this right. Like uh, the queer like the gay marriage like movement and stuff. Like I had like studied it a little bit. I don't know what the history is in Australia. To be fair um also because we didn't legalize gay marriage until 2015 um Mm. but like i think it was like back back in the day um (laughs) gay people didn't want to necessarily get married but it was because i think it was because of the aids crisis where they weren't allowed to visit people because they weren't family yeah Yeah. so then that's why they were like well fuck right (laughs) get married Mm. god damn it yeah and that's the thing about america is that our whole like fucking system is so fucked that like being mm. married is really important for like a lot of things yes like, health care yes, yes. and like who mm. where your stuff goes when you die mm. and like mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. so re- reliant on that yeah like in canada if you're not married like and anything happens to your partner here too like they won't let you in if you're not next of kin yeah right i yeah i don't know if it it wouldn't surprise me if it was really similar here it's so wild because if you spent your life with someone and this person is literally like your life partner Mm. and like other people can vouch for that and are like this is their life partner and like you can't see your part i don't know that's like such a level of like lack of compassion and empathy and like yeah because it's like frank who off who suggests they get married right right from memory mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. even like bill who was like we should get married it's like frank's like this is what i want to do and right yeah on my last days i want us to get married it probably would have taken oh, him a long think time to even like get to that point to recognize why that would be important mm, like since yeah. we see the scene where he's like i don't understand why you need paint and xyz like mm. what is a ring you know yeah it's true it's mm-hmm. like what does it matter like and also it's like a government thing that's another thing. <laughs> Frank, I mean, Bill is, like, so anti-government. Like, oh, even yeah. if it doesn't even exist anymore, just the mm-hmm. idea that, like, oh, we're going to declare ourselves something and, and this is a governmental process. I know the mm-hmm. government doesn't exist, but still, this is wild. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
But I think at that point, he can see, like, how important it is to Frank and probably realizes, like, no, I want this too. I will say about this episode, this is a little bit of a deviation, but the um, makeup, the aging makeup and the de-aging makeup of Tess mm-hmm. and Joel. Right. Mm-hmm. So Fucking good. amazing. So good. So good. Incredible. Anyone who's like, I don't know what they're going to do with Ellie season two. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, whatever. Like, I'm like, they're I'm like, so annoying. It's I'm so like, weird <laughs> because Ellie in the game is just a little, she's just a little guy. Okay. She's just, yeah, a, little guy. just a little guy. Even at also, like in her twenties, she looks 14. And when she yeah. was 14, she looked like nine. That's just like and, how she looks. Yeah. And also like, remember like when we watch teenagers on screen, we're watching fucking 23 year olds. So like, don't, right. don't think you yeah, know. Yeah. They usually cast like 25, like 30 year olds to like play them. The, like they're not Hello? actually like do you really think KJ Appa looks like a fucking 18 year old like my <laughs> light of sight I don't want to look at you don't talk to me don't look at me you've lost the right did you not see that they made clickers with makeup you yeah, don't think that yeah no but apparently so Agent Up Ellie is like oh and uh, it and isn't she 19 in the second game? Yeah. yeah, and Bella yeah. Ramsey, they're 19, so give me a break. <laughs> Bella Ramsey is going to be fine because even yeah. if they don't age from where they are now, it still fits. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Like, yeah, like really they're going to make it work. Just a tiny person. Like, like they're, they're really good at what they're doing. What more do you want from him? And if right. nothing else, like, it, it serves, like, Craig and Neil's big brain, like, oh, isn't it interesting how she looks like a baby, but she's doing all of this horrible, violent stuff? Doesn't oh, that just blow your fucking mind? Oh my gosh. Takes like three steps backwards, like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay buddy. <laughs> Thumbs up. See you later. Another cool thing just about the effects of this episode. Mm-hmm. So, the town that they're in is actually an abandoned town in Alberta that Mm -hmm. uh, was cleared out because that area had flooded um, and they were just like, yeah, this area is not safe to live in. So we're just going to sell it to like Mm -hmm. the, the parks, the service parks uh, Mm -hmm. place here. And so like they paid a hundred thousand dollars to rent the town and every roof in the, in the show is CGI Mm -hmm. because the houses just didn't have them anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're like um, pictures of like the set of like, it's just like walls. And then like, I think it's like blue tape on top. That's wild. They were like, we're not using the CGI budget for any of these. Uh, <laughs> we're going to yeah, use it yeah. for roofs. <laughs> <laughs> they did a really good job. Like it did not look cheesy or like, even yeah. if it looked a little cheesy, I wouldn't mind. Cause I kind of like a little bit of cheese, but yeah, yeah. It, it was very believable and the backgrounds and everything were so, so fucking good. Like so good. something I think would have been fun to see, but I don't mm-hmm. entirely miss because of how they changed, how they handled Frank and Bill's story. I wish I could have seen Bill and Ellie interact with each other because I think it yeah. would have been fucking funny. <laughs> it was yes, it would have been hilarious. It would have because it'd yeah. just be the baby gay and the older gay uh-huh. just like uh, just yeah, telling just each other fuck off. Each other off. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. cursing each other out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I loved about the game. Honestly, I was like, look at the gay and the lesbian just. <laughs> <totally annoying>. Yeah. <laughs> God, Frank would have loved Ellie though. Oh, that too. But like Frank just like loves people. Mm-hmm. He would just, he'd find a way to love everybody. 
if the apocalypse didn't happen, they wouldn't be together for like for like a lot of reasons, but just like mm-hmm. because of their personalities. But then I like think about it and it's like, say they find some way to meet up. I still think Frank would be into it. Mm. Yeah. Like, I think the he, because, like, especially in 2003, being morally opposed to somebody was something that you could do and not, like, yeah. you know, this is pre Trumpism. So you could, like, do mm. that and not be like, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Seriously. And, like, <laughs> and, like, I just, like, maybe, like, for some reason, you know, Bill is like, they meet at the wine store. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I, yeah, Bill's, like, Bill's in the checkout with his bottle of wine and his porno mags. which i love ellie still found yeah right (laughs) last of us au fanfic frank is trying to find something to repair some (laughs) repair the wall in his house and runs Uh into bill at the home depot oh and and, and bill helps him because he doesn't know what he's quite looking for oh my god Oh my God, let me get on AO3 real fast. I know somebody wrote this already. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody wrote this already. <laughs> the, the plumbing in Frank's house has gone out and he needs Bill to come fix it. <laughs> come fix his pipe. <laughs> um, I think one thing I really found so interesting, like, because obviously so many of the like duos that we meet through the show are just meant to be like, reflective of Joel and Ellie and the mm-hmm. writers always make that very clear every episode they're like see these two people Joel and Ellie see those other two people Joel and Ellie see that one person not relevant but do you see the duo behind them Joel and Ellie um, like, those two like, sad dogs over there yeah, Joel and Ellie, yeah, Joel and Ellie. <laughs> um, the like when Ellie finds Frank's gun and like takes Frank's gun and can't take any of Bill's gun um, I thought that was interesting because I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, I see, I see the lines yeah. you're, you're drawing. Mm. Neil, Craig, <laughs> I see them. Takes you know, I would gun. think, I would think it would be annoying that they're being so like heavy-handed and like talking about it, but like looking at how people interpret interpret media, even with people, <laughs> uh-huh. I don't, I can't blame them. I can't even be mad. Thank you no. for yeah, just yeah. saying that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, also, I just have like, Joel, you had so many guns down below, <laughs> and then you also had a car. Why didn't you bring more guns with you? <laughs> why <laughs> why at this moment? He literally had like multiple walls, two walls, Joel and Ellie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why, why just the one? Did it do it? No more loot scooting. That was okay. <laughs> I guess it, it's not a bad idea because if the house go, remains untouched, he knows where that secret hidey hole is and he could just rude. go back to there, right? True. Yeah. Instead um, of losing everything at once. Yeah. But yeah, um, I was like, like, why did you take like one? Yeah, <laughs> you don't at least have to bring them all. Oh, a couple. Maybe you know, you know that's a thing throughout the show. I think, I, I don't know if we mentioned it before, but he is just mm. constantly tossing away weapons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. <laughs> the, before, and he's like, puts away the shotgun. He's like, the ammo. Um, sir, you are literally about to go to a doomsday prepper's house. Bring the shotgun. <laughs> yeah. He'll have ammo for it. Uh-huh. It was it was so, I just, my, uh, my dad, every episode, he's like, but where is he finding the ammo? And I'm like, please, I don't. Look at me. <laughs> Do you think I would know? 
Absolutely. That's another, yeah. Like, why did they take away the bow and arrow? Because you know yeah. he would love that. Reusable oh my god! Ammo. That would be I so. Know. Oh, that would have been so good. Um, but like speaking of like going to the Doom Doomsday Pepper's house, like that bit where Joel is kind of like, you see your fence, it's not gonna last. You got more <laughs> out there than just infected. You got also got to think about the Raiders. Do you want barbed wire? I got some. We can make a tradey trade. And when he like arrives at the house, he like stacks all the cars mm. as like yeah. an extra precaution to all yeah. of that. Um, I thought that was um, not cute. What am I talking about? Good detail. <laughs> <laughs> you have words. Like yeah, Joel, Joel's, just in the, Joel's just by the fence going, tee hee. I'm so <laughs> I'm a, so I am a person that regularly <laughs> describes things that are not cute as cute. Like, oh, that was yeah. good. It's good. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. Had to like as the, the, the TikTok girlies would say, it's just Joe being baby girl. I, I love your junkyard, babe. He is. Yeah, he is a little spoon. He is a little spoon. He is. <laughs> Tess was his jetpack. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of like how it sets everything up, like everything, everything stems from this episode. Um, here it is. I found part of that letter. Um, I used to hate the world and I was happy when everyone died. Valid, babe. But I was wrong and there was one person worth saving. That's what I did. I saved him. Then I protected him. That's why men like you and me are here. We have a job to do. And God help any motherfuckers who stand in our way. And I'm like, yeah. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And they really carried that all the way through. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. 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 Especially in the last episode. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, here's another thing. And yes. I've had a discussion about this before. Okay. So I know they were like trading with, you know, being in the QZ or whatever. But like at a certain point, wouldn't you be like, hey, well, there's like a million houses over here. Do y'all want to just live here? Like, I know, like, you know, Bill would probably need a little coaxing to have some neighbors, but, like... Yeah, but I wonder if, like... I wonder if, like, maybe Joel and Tess were so used uh, to that, like, way of living at that point that it was almost, like, trying... Like, they just couldn't do it but anymore. But if Joel is, like, still looking for Tommy, like, we've already established that they have a radio... Like, he yeah. was looking for Tommy and Tess had a lot of connections. They both had a lot of connections in the QZ. So maybe like it was like better for them. And they already knew the environment. They already knew what to expect. They knew what their day to day was going to be like. They didn't have to sit around and wait to see, oh, no, is someone going to raid us? Like, yeah, I mean, they could get raided by fireflies in the QZ, but it's like predictable chaos and uncertainty. <laughs> but not. I don't know if that makes sense. So I wonder if that's why maybe. I would still be like, yeah, even if it's only for a year, like, I'll, I'll take a house. Right, like a nice vacation <laughs> yeah. spot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let me fix this. I mean, I'll do all the work. I'm going to fix this house up over here, and I'll be here, you know, every summer. <laughs> yeah. The likelihood yeah. of me owning a house goes drastically up if there is an apocalypse. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sadly, there is a chance. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was looking at all those houses, and I was like, look at that free real estate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I would have like three houses. I'd be like, "Hey, homegirl, you need a home? Have it." Oh my no, god! No, I don't need it's... any. I don't need anything. Have it. 
Is this what the gays mean when they say commune? <laughs> <Except Yeah. laughs> it's just one couple. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I love, and I don't remember it from the game, but I love the addition of, um, I don't think they ever played the music in the game from what I remember. And I'm replaying it. They did have the radio and, and Ellie did find the book. I remember her going mm. through it in the book, in this, in the game. But I love like them going to Bill and Frank's and like they're playing like the 80s music for danger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. In yeah, the, in the background. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I rewatched the first episode and I heard the 80s music and I was like, yeah Yeah. i was like in my heart why do you all have to do this to me right i'll never look at strawberries the same truly they can they really continue that like 80s means probably yeah in the mall too with riley and uh ellie yeah Yeah, because they paid uh they paid they played um uh take on me Uh yeah when they were going down the escalator Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's from the 80s isn't it it is yeah yeah Uh uh-oh Gay people love the 80s music. What do they do? But like, it's let's true. be real. Let's like look at the 80s politically. That's that is when it all went downhill <gasps> for America. As far as like yeah. Americans are concerned, mm-hmm. that that Reaganism really just mm-hmm. wrecked our shit. Context. <laughs> I didn't even consider that, but that is so true. Yeah. yeah. Oh I'm sorry. God. I really hate Ronald Reagan. So. <laughs> to hate Ronald Reagan. So I think I think that's a that's a good thing to hate. Like uh, me too. I I'm not even. I have no ties to America, but also me. Come in, come in, You do, you do. I believe it in my heart. Yeah, I can always tell when somebody hates Ronald Reagan. <laughs> you have instead of a gay dar, it's a wrong yeah. ra- Reagan it's a Reagan dar. <laughs> Both as important as each other. <laughs> I wonder, you know what? I wonder if they correlate. <laughs> Being gay and hating Ronald Reagan. Oh yeah, yeah for sure, uh-huh. for sure. Uh, honestly, speaking of gay dar, yeah, that that scene where like Frank like clocks. Bill. He's like, like, I know. He's like, I know there wasn't that girl. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I like, mean, yeah, like in 2003, like, you know, I'm sure because uh, it's 2007 when they 2007 when they meet. I think so. Mm, yeah. 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 Like, um, I think I was watching a TikTok that was like talking about like, you know, <laughs> queer people, quote unquote, back in the day, like how you find each other and like, how do you like you know, almost signal to each other that you're like, I see you and you see me. Right. And both of us, like, we are one. <laughs> we are <laughs> more similar than you think. Um, uh, in regards to that scene. Was the song that uh, Frank and Bill played on the piano, like, a, a queer, like, anthem? Was that, like, a no song idea. that was... Yeah. Was, Cause I'm wondering if that song was significant uh for they, gay mm-hmm. men or queer people yeah. in general. I think all I know is every time it. I hear it now I cry. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, they like talk about why they chose that song and I think it was because of that like sweet longing. Like mm-hmm. the, what was it? Like unre not unrequited, unrequited love, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. They were having a lot of trouble finding a song for them. 
and they talk about like having a musical composer friend who has like an encyclopedic knowledge of music and so they reached out and were like hey we're looking for something that's like very bittersweet but not like too overplayed for these two characters and then right away they recommended that song why don't they just ask somebody gay i have no clue (laughs) don't know is your encyclopedic friend also gay you couldn't talk to your gay married middle-aged director or your gay married maybe they didn't want it to be too obvious they can't just like start like playing elton john or something yeah elton john (laughs) or or fucking celine dion the gays love celine dion oh my god (laughs) our share they're like, here is I Want to Break Free by Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's looking at him <laughs> being like, I think you're gay. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like part of I feel like part of Frank Clockinville is is the song, though. I think he was I, like, I, that's hmm. what I was thinking too. So that's why I was curious because the way because okay, oh because sorry, I just remembered this part and I got yes. excited because I remember Frank is going through the music and he's like, what are these? And like Bill's like, oh, those are my mother's. And then he's like, this isn't you, this isn't you. And then he finds that song. And he's like, oh, this is you. And that's why I was like, oh, you are clocking him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah, are. It it. Maybe it's like the way that Frank. Maybe it's like the way that Bill looked at him or something. Like, the, the mm-hmm. way that he was interacting with him mm-hmm. signified it to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I have a feeling, especially with, you know, the age of these two men, mm. uh, Frank would definitely have more experience having, like, this, like, clock in each other situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This episode, I feel like, is really... Um, it's a shame that it is this way in like 2023. I think it serves a lot of importance in queer representation. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there are like bits about it that definitely could be better or like it does lack that intersectionality um, as a whole. But I think like, yeah, like part of the bitterness and part of the sweetness for me was like knowing that that sort of like queer love like can exist, especially like if you don't have community, if you are isolated Mm -hmm. in whatever way, like even now, right? Like we're still in a panini. Um, It can be like, you know, homophobia didn't just fucking go away because we got gay marriage. I think it just serves as kind of like, this can happen to you. It happened to these people in the fucking apocalypse. And Mm -hmm. this can happen to you too. And like, if that is something that you want, And I think that's, like, again, like, why the queerness of it is so pivotal to the love story. Because it's not just, it's not just a love story. It's, it's gay. Gay people, like, even now, even white gays don't even get that much. God damn it! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that line of, like, older means we're still here. I think for me will always kind of, like, I will feel it in the back of my throat every single time, you know? Like, I will feel the ball of that. Yeah. In, the, in my throat it, it's, every time. It's, it hits really hard because it's so often that, like, we lose queer people, you know? Yeah. Like, either they take their own lives or um, they're murdered, mm-hmm. you know? Or, yeah. or, like, the AIDS epidemic, you mm-hmm. know? like Like, the number of friends I have that have said, like, 
oh, I didn't think I would make it to 18. So like, Literally, what the yeah. fuck do I do no, now? No, neither, neither yeah. did I. I'm going to be completely honest. I did not plan to be 18. The fact that I'm in my 30s right now is mind-boggling. Yes. And I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm about to turn 30 totally. in June. And, and I have no idea how I'm okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, no, like literally for like my like caption about my, my I just turned 28. I was like, Oh, happy Holy birthday shit. again. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, this is the, the Piscean is going to come out of me. I have two days left of my damn season, so I'm going to fucking do it. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I was, yeah, similarly. And, and I'm, I'm relatively young still. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're still fucking here. And these are the experiences that we're having mm-hmm. in the 2000s, in the 2010s in the 2020s you know like mm-hmm. there is going to be unfortunately another young queer person that will probably have similar feelings to what we had 10 so years ago that's not a long time ago that's not a long time ago no it's really not like right. I-, I want you all to like you know have that cemented i am 28 these were the feelings i was having mm-hmm. and like we're only just getting this representation of older people in love. I'm about like, you know, like as I get towards my thirties and in my forties and whatever, I'm going to become a fucking elder in the queer community. <laughs> like that, that's crooked. Sorry. If you don't know Australian slang, cooked is like, kind of like fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, even like, even like 16 to 18 year old gays yes. are so different. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to interact with you, but you're doing yeah. great. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> truly, absolutely. And like, I think, like, yeah, that growing older means we're here. Like, means something like in that world, but that means something in this one too. No, you know yeah, I mean? like yeah. It, that is impactful. Um, and like the fact that like the four of us were kind of like we shit. The fact that we are still here, you know, like, um. I I think I like related to like a therapist, some like white woman with a chunky necklace will tell me it's resilience, <laughs> but I don't think like for me it's not that. Yeah, like me still yeah. being here, sure might be resistance, but most of the time I think it's spite. Um, because <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm absolutely fuck fuck fueled by spite. You know, like, everything yeah. that I'm motivated fuck by yeah. is spite. Yeah. It's, I'm not even gonna lie. I don't spite. care how yeah. toxic that sounds. It is it's, queer spite. It is, it is queer yeah. spite for the way that like people treat queer people, even mm-hmm. today. Even mm-hmm. today. Um, no space e- for tone police. No, yeah, absolutely. Like even today, and like you know, and I think part of it, and I think this episode shows that too. In that, in that scene where they're eating strawberries, it's the pockets of joy. Mm-hmm. It is those like little pockets of queer joy that you just have to hold on to tomorrow comes and the next day comes and older still means we're here i think that's what this episode means to me is holy shit if they had a chance of the apocalypse even though they're like white cis gay men (laughs) 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 maybe i have a chance in this world yeah. yeah, that that's 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 why it's so important to have 
queer storytelling and queer joy in media because mm-hmm. it's even like for us right now being like you know in our late 20s or early 30s like mm-hmm. it's also something for teenagers yes. to watch and see older queers and be like oh i have a future this is a possibility mm-hmm. for me that's mm-hmm. why it's so important to ha- tell those stories and have that representation so like people can see themselves in older queers so that it gives them hope yeah and and there are going to be so many like future writers or directors mm. who are going to be able to like point to this and be like this was the moment that right. i knew that like this story yeah. could be told and mm-hmm. that like there could be more yeah of it. it's like how um you know just as an example like Rebecca Sugar with Steven Universe with mm-hmm. with the storyline with Ruby and Sapphire Garnet like that really set up like a lot for other like shows uh like She-Ra, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. she is able to be like I mean those shows both on their own also like have issues and and shit they're not like by any means perfect but like it's it's definitely like Steven Universe definitely helped She-Ra be what it is. And then you also have Owl House, right. you know, and like there's more and more. I mean, not as much in comparison to like not queer media, but there's more and more queer rep and like unashamed, like in your face, like mm-hmm. queer rep too. I watch a lot of that shit too because I feel like having queer rep now as an adult mm-hmm. is like, I don't know, it hits me like, yes. like. Why it's like healing kind of in a way it's like wow i wish i had this growing up and then i think about how great it is that that shit's accessible to like yes younger queers so that they right. can see that and yeah. they can be like oh there's nothing wrong with me you know because it's yeah. also that you know like yeah. having that representation totally i think maybe it'll be something to talk more of in episode seven but it's like so interesting mm-hmm. to have kind of like the young queer love and the older queer love and yeah. like when you're mm-hmm. when you sit in between those two life stages it for me it felt like a little bit of whiplash i don't know what it was i personally like this episode for me is beautiful and bittersweet but there was also something about episode 7 that like i think really like took my stomach and shook it you know mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. episode i felt like in the back of my throat like when you're about to cry and you're really trying not to episode seven shook my stomach like shook my core because mm-hmm. i think it's like two ends of like what i could what i can have and what i could have had mm-hmm. yeah you know what i mean does that make sense yeah 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 because yeah, yeah, like yeah. episode seven's like the love that could have been but yeah wasn't yeah like whether it's because like you know if you come out later in life or you, you know, live in a place where that couldn't have been possible, or you didn't know, like, you were, like, the token gay kid in your school, if that was your mm-hmm. case, like, you caught, like, having that really, um, I don't know, that, like, I don't like the terminology of, like, pure and innocent, but, like, that mm-hmm. kind of, like, first, you know, seedling of love, right. I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, like, opposite of what Bill, I guess, would had experienced in the end, you know, of, like, he found love, but he found it a lot older. And I think, you know, there is a really unique experience of when you're young and you find love for the first time, I think. Yeah. Um, well, as the uh, elder person in, in <laughs> 35 in September, uh, 
I truly feel like in the middle of, the, of these scenarios, I'm closer to, to Bill and Frank at the beginning mm. of their love story than I am mm. to Ellie. Um, and for me, what I see in this is, first of all, to see a future for me mm. at my age is mm-hmm. beautiful. But mm-hmm. also, um, I just think it's really... I hope that one day that we'll have discussions about this episode and we'll talk about how big a deal it was and whatever. But then I hope we like shit on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I totally. hope that like we have so much like really good, well mm-hmm. done representation that like, I mean, it was good for then, but like <laughs> I, well, I, ho- I hope that I have yes. to explain in context how yes. big of a deal it is. Like I yes. find joy in having to explain to people mm-hmm. why I liked Will and Grace. Like oh. I ha- I love that. It's like cuz you mm-hmm. you have enough now that this is not all. You know what I mean? You don't have to like Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, this. yeah. So I know true. exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. I yes. just hope, especially with everything going on now, that this mm. this is going to be like Yeah, it's so uh I it's so important right now because like we we mentioned it briefly, but there's so much like anti-trans, anti-queer mm-hmm. like legislation and like rhetoric that's being like pushed. Mm-hmm. right now like especially like starting in uh, in schools and spreading mm-hmm. through them now and like it's inst- extending to libraries and shit like literally book banning and stuff mm-hmm. and it's it's yeah yeah it's so important to have like the storytelling and shit yeah totally. yeah yeah. And then to continue of it and have even stronger storytelling and more like impactful shit because like you've said like it's just there's been so many queer stories about like white queers like it's been done and done and done and done and like this Mm -hmm. is probably like one of the best that's been done there's still like Mm -hmm. problems with it but like Mm -hmm. they could do better like they Mm -hmm. they could do more than that yeah Mm -hmm. totally yeah yeah and i mean you know as always like it just shout out shout out to the fellow queers shout out to the fellow community members god damn it you know (laughs) we're still here and i yeah i think is always going to be like my big takeaway from this Mm-hmm. whether it's spite whether it's quote-unquote resilience i hate being resilient in a world that like forces me to be resilient which is mm-hmm. why it's spite shout out to the joy <laughs> all of that you know like holy shit and i'm really you know it's like ironic that they called this the happiest episode but if they weren't at least going to give us that then i would have absolutely rioted because we always will deserve better <laughs> Yeah. In our representation, yeah, yeah, and in our stories, and how they're told, and who gets to tell them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like definitely something that bothers me about um, Neil and Craig kind of like patting themselves on the back as like yeah. two cis het men, like mm-hmm. being like, mm, "Look at what we did," and it's like, yeah. "Yeah, what you did was great, but like people can I... also criticize you, and like yeah. you're not free of criticism." Also, extend it all the way through your show. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. But- like, for me, I'm like, I don't even, I'm not even celebrating them. I don't mm-hmm. think of them. First, like, to be to be honest, I don't think of them when I think of this episode because, because they were like, oh, we had other people involved. I'm like, okay, I will disregard you then. Because, <laughs> because, because the people who fucking carried it wasn't them. It was. Yeah, it was, I think of Nick Offerman and, and Murray Bartlett, I think. Yeah, I think of them. Yes, I think of them. I think of the director. I think of who other, any other like queer person that was able to touch this episode in a meaningful way. way. Mm-hmm. That is who I think. I don't thank the two of them. 
Well, because also what they're doing is literally bare minimum. Literally, literally. what they're doing is bare minimum too. That's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is great. Thanks for doing this. But also at the same time, it's literally bare minimum. Like, this yeah. should be, the like, this should be happy. Yeah, the standard. Yeah. It should be happening more often. Yeah, and it's kind of like if they weren't there, then you, you know. All of you know, I'm whispering in your ear right now. You can't even fight me on this. You know better. You feel it deep down inside your core. You know if those queer people were not involved, this episode wouldn't have been Oh my God. You can try. No. But this episode would not have been the same. That's because there was involvement. If we just left this to Craig and Neil, I do not think this episode would have been the same. Mm -hmm. Neil's biggest strength is the fact that they listen. Because so often people, they they do hire people in the communities that they're writing stories about. And then they shut them down when they tell them, you know, what's real. Yeah. Yeah. That their biggest strength is listening to the people that they hire. Totally. I feel like we could talk about this episode all day. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Also, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm going to have to edit this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I appreciate you. Yeah. If y'all uh, want have anything planned for the weekend and you want to like talk about it or anything that's like planned next month or, or stuff like that, y'all can uh, pitch it, plug it. Resident Evil 4 is coming out this week, so that's going to be the only thing I'm playing yes. probably. Yes. Probably until Tears of the Kingdom comes out. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm Sapphire Ghost on uh, most things. This week I will be on Twitch. Uh, um, don't watch on Wednesday if you are watching this show and you don't want any spoilers and you've never watched the game before because I'm playing um, Last of Us Part 2 and I'm about to get to a massive spoiler. So don't watch that. But if you're curious, you could watch that. And then on uh, Wednesday, we'll do like some cozy game or whatever. But then the plan is to also stream Resident Evil 4 Remake. So heck yeah. And I'll probably have TikToks up before (laughs) they ban it. Um, And um, and probably Instagrams as well. So that's me. Um, I'm poor. I use they them pronouns. And what do I have on? I'm playing Beacon Pines. Very cute. Very scary. If you want to come hang out, I have the glorification station on the Twitch. If you want to see me yelling, like, but like text, <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter, the Clore station. Sometimes I post my face there. Um, equally as valid and equally as great content as each other. So come hang, I guess. <laughs> the station is open now, baby. Heck yeah. I'm Nairine, my pronouns are they them, and right now I'm doing nothing. I'm just vibing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I got nothing yeah, planned. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to find me, I'm Nyan underscore on Twitter and Twitch. And I'm Nyan Nims on Instagram and TikTok. Although I'm not super active right now. But if you want to go check it out, you can. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And thank you all for talking about this very queer episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Have some strawberries. <laughs> yeah. I literally have strawberries. I'm going to eat some after this and cry a little. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.